I wanted to start this morning by sharing something that that bugs me. Um, don't you hate it when people misbehave? You know, like when they're supposed to do one thing, even 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 the students in the room are like, yeah, I hate that. When they were supposed to do one thing or they said they'd do one thing and then they'd do something else, you know, it just kind of throws a wrench in the equation. It's kind of like a pet peeve, right, for all of us. Like, uh, just, just do what you say you're going to do or, or, or somebody just kind of derails something with their actions. Here's another thing that, that I hate. Maybe you hate this as well. Do you hate it when you misbehave? And you do something that disrails and, and, and changes, you know, like, like you said you were going to do something and then you didn't do it. And maybe you didn't even let anybody else down but yourself. And you don't like that. And there's that whole self-loathing thing and, you know, and just kind of licking your wounds. Like, like it, it's, it's a pet peeve of mine, something I was thinking about this week. And it's interesting to, to think about, like, wh- what does God think about those things, you know, other people's misbehavior? You know, God, he's kind of, like, in charge of the universe. He's in charge of what's going on. You know, like, what does God think of our <laughs> misbehavior? It's interesting to think about. The very first Christmas... It helps us answer, I think, I think helps us answer what God thinks about our misbehavior a little bit. Be, just bear with me on this. I think the, the first Christmas could be the culmination of, of, of what could be called God's I'm going to do it anyway plan. Go ahead, put that slide up, Travis. Yeah, like, 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 no, oh, I guess maybe I don't have a slide for that. Go, take that off. That's for later. <laughs> don't get ahead of yourself. I think that, I think that when you look at Christmas and as you come to understand the story of Christmas, there's a little bit of okay, the world is is going is misbehaving. It's in a in a, in a kind of a spot. People aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. But God says, "But I'm going to do it anyway." And the it that He wants to do. And this is what we're going to talk about this morning. What he wants to do in the world is bless it. He wants to bless the world in spite of the world. And it's very evident in Christmas. But let's let's back up a step. Because God's kind of always been this way. He's kind of like, I'm just going to do it anyway. You know, like, like, you guys have done this. And that, that's weird, or that makes things difficult, but I'm going to do it anyway. There's this guy named Abraham. You guys remember Abraham? God shows up, and at the time, it's Abram is his name. And he says, hey, Abram, I want you to follow me, and I want, I'm going to take you to a land that you've never been to. I'm going to make it yours. And he says, I'm going to, your name will be great. You'll become a great nation. We're going to talk about this actually next Saturday at our Christmas Eve service. It's going to be awesome. But like, like this, and then he says this, God says something really interesting. Every nation will be blessed through you. And, and, and Abraham, like, like what's great about Abraham is he didn't believe God. 
he's like, yeah. And there's even a story where, where God's talking to Abraham, and, and Sarah, his wife, is in the background, and God's saying, hey, through your, you and your wife, I'm going to do some great things. And all of a sudden, there's snickering in the background, and, and Sarah's laughing. You know, but she doesn't believe it. God's entering history with two people that basically don't believe he's going to enter history. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? It, that your name will be great. Every nation will be blessed through you. It's made no sense. Nations didn't bless each other. Tribes, it was more tribal back then than nations anyway. Tribes didn't bless each other. People didn't bless each other back then. Back then, they, they stole from each other. They warred with each other. They plundered each other. You know, you, you had to be very protective of what was yours. And, and, and God said, no, no, no. Basically, I'm going to bless you so much that you can be generous. Like all of the, you're going to be, so, you're going to become a nation that's so strong. All of the, the, the other nations will be blessed through your generosity. And a thousand years later, Isaiah would write about this nation Israel. It, it happened that Abraham became a mighty nation. And this nation Israel that was like a lot like us. Like, oh, yeah, God, this is cool. I'm in. Wait, what's that over there? And then they, they, would, they would misbehave. They would disbelieve God. They wouldn't trust him. And yet God's like, but still, but still, but still Israel. I'm going to do something. I'm going to bless the world through you. And Isaiah writes a, a thousand years after Abraham or so. He's like, Israel, you're, going to be, you're created to be a light in the world, to the world, to people like you and me. And here you are. It's, what's crazy is a lot of us, I think most of us here would consider ourselves Gentiles, meaning we're not Jewish. And yet here we are. We know a lot about Judaism. We know a lot about Abraham. We know a lot about Israel, if you grew up in church. And a lot of us would say, yeah, I've been blessed by that. I, I, I've been blessed by that. But Israel, was, that wasn't always the case. Israel kind of, they, 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 they would misbehave. They would disbelieve. They wouldn't trust God. And the point that I'm trying to make here is God uses imperfect, unbelieving, misbehaving people all the time. So going back to, don't you hate it when people misbehave? <laughs> you know? When they say they're going to do one thing and do another, God loves them. God, God's, God's willing to, God uses imperfect, unbelieving, misbehaving people all the time along the way. And that includes you and me, where we misbehave, where we don't believe. When we are like, I don't know about this. And here's the, like, basically the, the big idea, the message for us today that I want you to see as we look at a little bit more of the Christmas story. Go ahead and put that up. God has a way of saying to us, I, I'm going to bless the world through you. Everybody look at me. God's desire is to bless the world through you. He want, that's what he wants to do. He, he, he wants to bless you. And the, the, this, is the greatest, this is the greatest part about God. The way that he blesses people around us, through us, is he blesses us first. A picture, a cup. I should have brought a cup up here. That would have been a good idea. I should have brought a cup with like a pan. 
and just started pouring in it until that cup overflowed and just the water goes everywhere all over that pan. That's God's design for your life and for mine is, is, is to bless us in such a way, to pour out goodness on us and to fill us up, like, like, like fill us up spiritually, fill, fill us up emotionally, fill us up to where, you know, you ever have one of those moments where you're just kind of driving along and it's just like life works. This is, you know, life is, life is beautiful. Like maybe it wasn't yesterday and maybe it won't be tomorrow, but like life is good right now. That's what God wants to do. He wants to fill us up, and but he wants to bless us. And in, in, in return, he's like, I'm going to bless the world through you. And I was thinking about it this week. It's not even like I, it's not even God saying, I want to bless the world through you. I think God is so powerful, so sovereign, and so at work in this world, way more than we think he is. That he's going to bless the world through you, maybe even in spite of you. In spite of me. Even though, and, 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 and the, Christmas, the Christmas story backs this statement up. Despite our misbehavior. Despite our disbelief. Students, you're in here. You're, you guys are deciding whether or not this is real. That, you know, like, like you maybe grew up in the church, your parents think that this is real, your parents have, you know, like maybe even like taught you some of these things, and the reality is, is it's going to, it, it, there's comes a time in your life, maybe it's already come, maybe it'll come in the next couple of years, where you will decide whether this is real or not, whether you believe or disbelieve. And for some of you, that, that like might actually, like time might go on, like that might be a few years, you might be an adult before something really happens, you're like, now I get it. And if that's your, your story, I want you to know that God is still with you, that he's walking with you through that. Because God, the, the Christmas story is about Abraham's. It's about Israel's. It's about people who, dis, who, who misbehave. Oh, by the way, Abraham, the whole, like, like, he's like, yeah, sure, okay, I'll go to this place. And along the way, he's like, they get into trouble. And, and <laughs> Abraham's like, hey, Sarah, you're kind of cute. So when we go into this town, I'm going to tell them you're my sister so that they don't kill me. Like, that was the death of chivalry that day. Like, like it's just done. Like, like that, that was, he disbelieved, he misbehaved, and that's who God chose. And so my point is, our disbelief, our misbehavior, it doesn't disqualify us from God using us. From God wanting to bless you and pouring out blessings upon you. Okay, like, like let's just do this. Whether you had a good week or a bad week, it's fun, to, it's fun that we get to do this weekly because we get to come in and a lot of times we get to, in the lobby, get to hear about what's going on in each other's lives. Was it a good week? Was it stressful? I, it was kind of a crazy week because if you're a student, if you're you know, a family with students, it was like, geez, there was a lot going on this week, wasn't there? In school and stuff? It was insane. We get to hear about that. We get to talk about that, right? But what was I saying? Where was I going with that? Someone help me out. Every week, we have good, good weeks or bad weeks. Oh, here's what I want you to think about this week. Regardless if, like, maybe it was a really bad week. Can you think of some ways that God blessed you this week? Can you think of some ways that, like, yeah, even in the midst of that bad, you know, like, I, I still see... God's goodness. You ever had a bad day? 
It was the opposite of driving around and you're like, oh, I'm so full today. Have you ever had a day where it's the opposite, but then at the end of the day, you're like, the sun sets and it's absolutely gorgeous. It's like a painter painting the sky. And even amidst a hard day, there's a blessing there. God wants to bless us. And he wants to bless us in such a way that we can become a blessing to others who are also disbelieving, misbehaving along their way as well. I want to talk about one guy in the Christmas story this morning. His name is Zachariah. This one's a little bit overlooked. It's not your typical, like, like Zachariah's not at the manger scene. He's, He's nowhere to be found there. But it's a funny story if you've read it. Um, So my favorite gospel is the gospel of Luke. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to there. If you want to put it on your phone, we got the otherwise we got the words up here. But Luke is is um, is interesting. So there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are the four gospels, the life that tell the life, uh, the accounts of Jesus Christ. And um, you know, like Matthew was a disciple of God. Uh, Mark was a good friend of Peter's, who wrote down, you know, like we think that Peter influenced what was written there. John was a disciple. But then there's Luke, and Luke's kind of the odd man out in this whole gospel writing thing because Luke's Greek; he's not Jewish, so he's kind of outside this Jewish system, but probably lived in the area or the region. And and years go by after Jesus's death and resurrection. And Luke starts hearing all this stuff about Jesus. And Luke's, not only is he Greek, he's a doctor. And you can see that. Like, it's totally, if you read Luke's gospel account, you can totally understand, like, you see where he's coming from, that that this guy was a physician. Because Jesus healed a lot of people. And it was a little bit, like, John, when he's like, yeah, and they just healed this person. Like, Luke's like, Luke diagnoses the person (laughs) that's being healed. Because that's how he thinks. And he was Greek, so he was very educated, and, and, and he, could, uh, he wrote a very concise, very, um, if you, I, I, it's my favorite, it's my favorite version of the, or um, it's my favorite gospel. Um, and part of the reason why it's my favorite, too, is because Luke also not only is a good writer and a physician and tells, he's extremely detailed, and I love the details. He's also, um, he's also, man, I keep think, forgetting what I'm going to say. This is horrible, Barry. We're having problems here. Um, he's a doctor. And, um, yeah, oh, and, and you know what else he does, Barry? He, 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 he wants to, he has an eye for the downtrodden, the slave. The, uh, there's a lot of women in his storyline because women weren't considered, uh, they weren't like, the, you, you wouldn't put women in your storyline back then because you, it would actually maybe discount your story even. And Luke's like, no, 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 they, they need to be a part of that story because of that, because he watched how Jesus lifted up the, the low um, and the down and the outs. And so there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of that, kind of like social justice going on in Luke's gospel. Um, I won't read this beginning. I was going to read this beginning of like how he carefully investigated everything from the beginning and wrote down all these details, but uh, it, you should read that yourself. And, and his gospel is so valuable, but by the time he wrote it, uh, it, it was like people read it and they're like, can we have a copy of this? Can we copy this? And, and so it kind of just spread throughout the world. So his, his story starts with, everybody else starts with, you know, the manger scene and stuff. And, and, and Luke goes a little different direction. He's, he actually starts with this guy, Zechariah, who at the time was a priest in Jerusalem, in Israel. 
And, and I don't know if you knew this, but there, at that time, there was probably around 20,000 priests. 20,000. This is like 10,000 people in Evergreen, I've, I've heard it said. That's like tw- twice the size of Evergreen, just in priests in this, na- in this small nation. Like, the, the religion was very important. And the, just so an idea, it's kind of like, I, I kind of, there was the high priest, and there was priests that lived at the temple all the time. That was probably not Zechariah. Zechariah was more probably like the volunteer firefighter style. Like there's, there was festivals and there's times a year where it was like all hands on deck and all the priests were needed. Passover, um, Yom Kippur, all those, uh, those different festivals and stuff like that. But, it, and then, but so what would happen is, is Zechariah would go and serve at the temple for like a week or two or a couple weeks and, th- and he'd do his tour and then he'd come home. And he'd go home to his, where he didn't live uh, at the temple. But it, what, something happens in Zechariah's story. It's really interesting. He's one of 20,000 priests. And there was, there was a daily uh, ritual within the temple. There's lots of rituals. But one of the daily rituals was someone needed to go into the Holy of Holies, which is like the inner sanctum, the very center and the very epicenter of Jewish worship inside the temple. You had like the outer courts, the inner courts. There's one other portion of it, and then the Holy of Holies. And, and like, there's a portion that only the priests were allowed to go to, and then within that's the Holy of Holies. And, and, and not, like, not any priest could just walk in there. What happened is they would do something called casting lots, which would be our modern equivalent to the lottery or drawing straws. And, and once a day, a priest would go into there, to, to take, take care of the incense for the day that was before the Lord, the Ark of the Covenant, and that kind of stuff. And this is where, this is where, this is like the most holy site, like within Judaism, is in this place. This is where, where God was, was to dwell, was supposed to dwell. And so what happened is Zechariah won the lottery. He was one of 20,000 priests. That, like, like, it was very common for priests to never have this opportunity. You think of the numbers. And Zechariah gets drawn that day. And it's, it, you think about the, the, like how exciting that would be if you spent your life in service to the, the temple. And one day you, you get to go into the Holy of Holies. Well, he has an encounter there. He goes in and something happens that, that maybe has never happened to that point. Oh, here's the other thing that, you, uh, that they used to do. And we're not quite sure if they did this with Zechariah, but... During the centuries around this time in Judaism, they actually would at times tie a rope around the priest's leg because the Holy of Holies was such a holy place that if someone, if, if like you did something wrong or you came in there with sin or, uh, there's, I mean, there was times in the Old Testament where somebody would just touch the Ark of the Covenant and fall over dead because the present, like God is so holy, so perfect, like like uh, we were talking about last week, how your face would melt off if you saw an angel. Like it's, 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 it's all in Indiana Jones. You've seen it before. But um, Last Crusade, right? Yeah, Last Crusade. Um, so they, they put these ropes on the legs of the, of the priest so in case something happened to them, you, they wouldn't go in there unsanctified. They, they could just pull them out if they died or whatever. And then they have to figure it out. So, so. Hezekiah, uh, Zechariah goes into the, the, the Holy of Holies, and this angel appears to him and says to him, you are going to have a son. You're going to name him John. 
He will be a delight and a joy to you. This is a really cool passage. If you, have, if you need some Christmas reading, I highly suggest the first chapter of Luke this week. The Holy Spirit will be upon this kid from the very get-go, like even before he's born. Like all of these cool things. And then this is my favorite line that Luke says, and he will bring many of the people of Israel back to the Lord their God. Isn't that beautiful? Let me just read that again. And he will bring many of the people of Israel back to the Lord, their God. I was just, I, I, I saw that this week and I just started praying, Lord, would you in Evergreen bring many of the people, of, you know, back to the Lord, your God? Would you do that? And, and would you raise up John the Baptist, the baptizer people in Evergreen so that the people could come back to the Lord, their God? All this cool stuff is happening. And Zechariah, the holy man, the priest, not just the priest, the priest that has been selected to go into the Holy of Holies. The priest who's having, I mean, come on guys, this is like, this has got to be the spiritual high or the spiritual highlight of his life potentially, right? Like he was preparing his heart for this, like, Lord, I, I, I want to be, I'm going to be in your presence. What will, you, what will I learn? What will I see? What will I, what will I encounter there? <laughs> and this priest, Zechariah, in, in response to the, the angel, says this. Are you sure? <laughs> in fact, let's just, let's just read exactly what he says. This is Luke 1, verse 18. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? Go ahead and put that verse up. Uh, oh, actually, oh man, you don't have that verse. He said, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man. No, you have this one, don't you? Uh, go to, oh, go to 121. I think I put them out of order. How can I be sure of this? This is, this is such a great response. Zachariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is, and he pauses, because he's a very smart man. This is hilarious. I, guys, you have to read your Bibles more, because if you start, there's little Easter eggs everywhere. Like this, you, I, I really think Luke was having fun at this moment, because there isn't the dot, dot, dot ellipses, but this is, this is actually what he says. He says, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. Because he knows he's going to have to tell his wife this someday. And he'll be like, well, what would you say? Well, I said I'm old and you're, you know, you're older than the hills. You're older than dirt, honey. You know, like this is not going to go well. So he's like, I'm an old man. But my wife, well, she's well along in years, you know. This is great. Go back to that the other slide, the, the 19. <laughs> this is funny. He has doubts. And my point is he has doubts. This is, this is a priest. This is a guy who's supposed to get it. This is a guy who's he's in, the, he, he's in the holy of holies. And the angel's just like, dude, I'm Gabriel. Like, like where, look around. You're in the spot. And I can't tell you you're going to have a kid just because you're old? You know? And you still disbelieve it? You know? I'm Gabriel, <laughs> and it is verse 19, I stand in the presence of the Lord. 
of God. Don't waste my time, man. <laughs> like, I, I had to leave the presence of God to come down here to, to deal with your disbelief. I, I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now, you will be, since you, know, since you doubted, you will be silent. God's going to have a little fun with you. And you're not going to be able to speak until the day that this, this happens. Guys, you've got to stop and think about this. This is so funny. That he just had the experience of his lifetime, and he walks out of the Holy of Holies. They're like, how did it go? And he's like, Dah! he can't say any of it. This is great. This is great. This is, this is God on the move. This is God you know, working in spite of us and having a little fun with us along the way. And now you will not you will you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day that all of this that you didn't believe actually happens because you did not believe my words which will come true at their appointed time. And guys, I want to just go back to the point which is this. God is going to use and bless you. God wants to use again, I I, I wanted to put God wants to Use and to bless you, God is going to use you and bless you, even sometimes in spite of you, in spite of me. Even though we get in the way with our misbehavior and our disbelief, I believe that God is going to bless you, to use, he's going to bless you and he's going to use you to bless others. That's the Christmas, that's the Christmas story. That's the, that's the God's, that's been God's story since the beginning, since before Abraham, is to just find people who are misbehaving, who are disbelieving, and, and, and bless them anyway. Eventually he comes out, tries to explain what happened, can't speak, goes home, and we learn through Luke, Luke includes that, that he found a tablet, he's able to kind of, you know, like a chalk tablet, and communicate that way, you know, explains everything to Martha. She's like, seriously? Like, you know, wow. And, you know, I don't know how it happened, but like maybe there, you know, a week or two pass and then Zachariah can't speak, but he gives her that look, you know, like, hey, hey, baby. And she's like, seriously? Like, I'm a well along in years, Zachariah. <laughs> like, you know, who knows how it happened, but she becomes pregnant. And it's so unbelievable to them. They actually don't tell anybody for like five months. And Luke, Luke records all this detail. It's great. You should read it this week. And it quickly becomes really apparent in the story, you know, in this narrative, that God is on the move. In the Christmas story, like what we're kind of celebrating in the Christmas story is, is God is on the move. God was, was doing something. 2,000 years ago, he was doing something really, really cool. That, like, so cool that it's worth talking about once a year, every year, even 2,000 years later, that God was on the move. move. An angel appears to Mary. An angel appears to Joseph. We talked about that last week. John the Baptist is born, and from the day one, he's a firecracker, and the Spirit of the Lord is on him. And Dude, that's a guy I want to meet, you know, locusts and honey and the probably dreadlocks and just like, hey, you know. But like brings, all, he does, that brings a whole lot of people back to the Lord. It's super cool. And of course, Jesus is born. Joshua 
Yeshua, the, the warrior king that we talked about last week, the long-awaited Messiah comes on the scene. Angels are everywhere appearing to the shepherds. There's a crazy comet in the sky. You know, all the, the Christmas stories that happened in a short time, it was so clear that God is on the move. That, that, like Christmas is really about this. Like it's, it's really about God saying, ready or not, believe it or not, here I come. That's what Christmas is. Ready or not, that's the title of this sermon this morning. Ready or not, believe it or not, here I come. Time out. Do you guys believe this? Do you believe this? Like, do, you, do students, do you, do you believe this? You know, you've heard this story maybe before, or like you're starting to pay attention to it for the first time. Do you believe this? Pa parents, do you believe this? And, and, and here's not just this, not just do you believe the Christmas story. I want to dig deeper as we close this morning. I want to dig deeper on this. Do you believe that God is on the move? Not that he was 2,000 years ago, and it would sure be nice to see an angel. We talked about that last week. It's debatable whether you really want to see an angel or not. It'd be nice, you know, like a comet in the sky, like, like all that stuff I just said. Maybe you're thinking, it'd be nice to have any one of those. But, but like, let's just, just for a second, pause. Like, do you believe this? Not, not in the Christmas story, but do, do you believe that God is on the move today? That God is on the move right now. You know, and here's the thing. I think that some of us believe, it's like, yeah, I believe that God, I do believe those stories. I believe that God was on the move then. But he doesn't do that now. And maybe even some of us believe, like, yes, I do believe that God is on the move, dot, 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 over there. <laughs> you know? Like, in their life, like, I, there's people that it seems like God is on the move in their life, and, and, and you're not even, like, mad at them. Like, you're maybe a little jealous, but you're, you're happy for them, sincerely happy that God is on the move in their life. But what God's movement seems like something that's over there, not in here. You ever feel that way? You know? And you have your doubts. And you have your self-doubts because maybe you think you're too young, you know. Or maybe, maybe you think you're too old. <laughs> like, well, you know, like, maybe God could have used me if I'd gotten, you know, serious about him earlier in life. You know, but there's something that's out there. Can I just tell you what I believe? I mean, I was thinking about this. This, this one hit me hard. Like, these questions that I, I want you guys to know when I ask you questions like this. I ask them of myself for, I'm the first person I ask them of. And when I prep this, I'm like, do I believe this? Do I believe that that happened 2,000 years ago? I'm like, yeah, I do. And they're like, okay, do I believe that God is on the move in this world? I'm like, yeah, no, I do. I, do, I was thinking about this week. I do believe that God is on the move because I've seen things, you know, in the past. And I've heard of things over there. And then it gets real personal. I'm like, but do I believe that he's on the move here, now? And it slowed down a little bit for me. But can I, can I just 
tell you what I believe about you and me and us. I believe because of Christmas and, and because of God's <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway plan that started 2,000 years ago, I believe that that is still going on today. I, I, I really do believe that God is in work in your life, in my life, that God is in work in your neighborhood. And, and that person, maybe you had that person this week that was just like, I feel like right now, I don't know, dude, getting old, it's something happened. It's like every week, I, I don't, I'm sure there was downer stories when I was younger, like I, but I just didn't see them. It's like every week now I, I, I come into contact or like close contact or like come face to face with somebody else's story. I'm like, man, that, that sucks. That's dark. That's, that's hard. You know? And, and I'm like, do I believe, and, and I come face to face, do I believe that God is at work in their story? And I was thinking about it this week. I was like, yes, I do. I believe that that person, maybe you had, a, you encountered somebody this week that they had, they're just, they're, they're in a dark time. I believe that God is in their story. Even in the, I believe that God is so powerful and so good and so loving and he wants to bless us and he wants to bless the, that person in that dark spot right now. And he wants them not just to bless them, but bless them in such a way that they bless others. I, I, I believe that he's going to do that. I believe that he's committed to that. And I believe, I believe that, yes, those, those stories are dark, they're hard, they're terrible. But it, it, it's, God, is going, God is so powerful that he can bless people even in spite of that. He's powerful enough to bless us even in spite of our misbehavior, in spite of our disbelief, in spite of the horrible things that could even happen to us. God can bless us, and he loves us. And he's going to do it, ready or not, <laughs> believe it or not. Here he comes. And he love and, and whether we believe it or not, he loves us anyway. Here's it, whether here, here's where I want to close with whether we when we he, he's going to do it anyway, even when we don't behave. Even until, you know, he's going to do it until we behave. And he's going to do it even if we never behave. And he loves you and he's going to bless you. And he's going to do it even if we don't believe it. Even until we believe it. And even if you never believe it. I believe that God will be there. Blessing you. Pouring out his blessing. Pouring out his blessing upon you. Here's what I want to do. I want, I, want to, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to, I want to, we're going to, this is going to be like kind of a prayer. In a spirit of prayer this morning, I just want, I just want to ask you this question. Is it possible that God is on the move all around you? Think of the people around you, the people at school that are difficult. The, the drama at school, the, 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 the neighbor, you know, the, in your neighborhood, do you, is it possible that, that, that God is a move in, in, at your school? That God is, 
on the move in your neighborhood with that neighbor that you just can't figure out, that you kind of your heart goes out for, you, they seem lonely, you're not quite sure of their story. Is it possible that God is on the move? And I want you to think about that person right now that's really hurting, that, that dark story in your life that you've encountered. I, I, I've got one in particular for me I'm just thinking about right now. Is it possible that in spite of the darkness, in spite of the doubt or the misbehavior or the disbelief or the things that are horrible happening in their life, is it possible that God is still on the move for even them, to bless them? Is it possible that God is on the move in your family, you're going to come face to face with your family <laughs> sometime. In the next week, probably all of us are going to come face to face with the reality of our family. Is it possible that God is on the move there? And then lastly, is it possible that God is on the move inside of you? That he is doing things in your heart, drawing you to himself, helping you change, helping you release from sin, helping you. Think about it this way. Think about if you are a believer, if, if you believe, if, if you've given your life to Christ, think about where you were a year ago. Or maybe it needs to be five years ago. Think of where life was. And think of where you are now. Can you see the Lord's blessing in your life? Can you see the Lord's hand in your life? And maybe, maybe you didn't even thought about it until now. Maybe you had, you just, life was going on and things were happening. But, but is it possible that those things that happened, where you end up now, where you're working, where, where you're living, all of that was God leading you, guiding you? And along the way, maybe you were behaving, maybe you were misbehaving, maybe you were believing, maybe you weren't even thinking about him. But is it possible that God is on the move in your life now? And again, just with your eyes closed and, and, and in the spirit of prayer, I just want to affirm something. His movement in your life, his blessing on your life, is not dependent on your behavior. Can we just say amen to that? Like that, that, his, that his, his movement, his blessing on your life is not dependent on whether you behave or misbehave. He, he'll use our, our good behavior. He'll use our faithfulness. He'll use our belief, right, to do mighty things, but it's not dependent on it because it's Christmas. And ready or not, believe it or not, this is a season where we celebrate that God came and that he enters into broken, imperfect lives and blesses them anyway. Everybody just do this. Just take a deep breath. Just take a deep breath in and just let it out. Can we just revel in that for a second? I know this is the longest prayer in Colorado Life Church history, but just hang with me. 
can we just revel in the fact that God is for you? He's not against you. He wants good things for you. He wants good things for your kids. He wants good things for the people hurting around you. And he is on the move. Dear Jesus, in faith this morning, we believe this to be true. We believe. Here here is our belief. (laughs) We want to step into the belief that you are with us. And for some of us, it's hard. We, we, have, we have our doubts. And, and Lord, there's this one time in the New Testament where somebody came up to Jesus and he's like, hey, I need help. And he's like, do you believe? He's like, yes. <laughs> but would you help my unbelief? And this morning, I have unbelief about your, your activity around me in this town. Would you help my unbelief? And for my friends, whatever disbelief might be in their hearts would you would you meet us like i know you do in our unbelief thank you for your goodness thank you for your grace and thank you for coming for christmas in spite of us even in spite of us amen